0: Tonight on episode 111 of the Guy at the Movies podcast, we have some trailers to talk about, as well as Sean's return after vacation. I'm back, baby. (laughs)
1: I'm
0: back. Uh, Ezra Miller is uh, Ezra Millering about, Wizard of Oz is getting a remake, Saw 10 is on its way, and a whole lot more after this.
1: Everyone is part of the family at this
0: point. I didn't do my fan... Fiction idea that i had
1: so this movie was garbage this? you are a monster beyond all belief how you're lucky to have me back <laughs> you're never gonna get 60 million people because you're not a super bowl shut up so chaotic because you're not a super bowl shut up Uh that's great.
0: Um, Welcome to the Guy at the Movies podcast. I am Joe. He is Sean. Sean, you look tan. You look well rested. I look frozen. You look frozen as of now, yeah. (laughs) This is fantastic. Um, Good
1: thing it's an audio podcast. Exactly. So at least the audio is coming in right. So I mean at this point, I am probably lobster on the inside and out. Um I it's uh truly been a lovely rest and vacation, but I'm ready to get back into what we call work. What we call work. When do you go back next week? Actually not until the week after like August 29th, which is the latest I think I've ever had like summer be until like, since I was like six.
0: (laughs) Well, good news is there's uh, like one movie coming out in the next two weeks, so uh, things are good. <laughs> yeah, fantastic! I have all this
1: time now, and like I'm like I mean, granted, I'm making up for last week, but like I know that like next week I'm going to be bored out of my skull. Yeah, <laughs>
0: you're going to be watching the most random shit on the Criterion oh. Channel. I can't oh wait! Oh my god, yes! <laughs> oh my god! Well, let's dive into it a little bit. Um, we'll start talking about. Trailers. I have one teaser that I want to talk about and then a trailer that we're going to watch together because I want to get your reaction on this. Uh, because I think that it is potentially uh, Oscar bait for a particular actress. Uh, so that's where I want your your opinion here. The first one is Bones and All. This is Timothy Chalamet, uh, as well as Taylor Russell. It's based on a best selling novel. And uh, listen, the synopsis for the film is going to tell you one thing. But it's hiding the big piece of this. And it's that she's a... They're both cannibals, right? And they're going on this, like, this journey. They're living on the fringes of... uh, The margins of society. They're going on this journey, which is referred to as an odyssey in the synopsis, which I think is funny. Um, And through Ronald Reagan's America. So there's a lot of things that are setting up here that I believe are probably metaphors for other things, which I'm very excited for. Um, But they are... uh, They have to confront their terrifying past. And then there's a final stand that will determine whether their love can survive their otherness. What are your thoughts on this?
1: I mean, it's it's Luca Guadagnino, so I'm already into it. Yeah. Um, and so I, I, I know it's going to be at least beautiful and provide something kind of, like, wonderful visually. I mean, on the other hand, this doesn't, like, there, there's nothing there. The trailer was... You know, it didn't really capture me. Um, it didn't interest me. Usually, if you're a teaser, like I love teasers. Show me less always. That's what I always encourage with trailers. But with this, it really didn't show me much. I mean, it's you know, Timothy Chalamet, Taylor Russell, and Luka Guadini, and Mark Rylance. So like already, it's like okay, nothing's bad there. So I'm I'm jumping in, and I'm jumping in bones and all. But I like, yeah, that that the the cannibalistic like plot line that isn't really explored and it's just like yeah we'll just gloss over that and i don't know it just seems odd yeah i don't
0: i love timothy chalamet so i'll watch anything with him in it because i think he's such a talented young actor but my god i got nothing out of this teaser like the way that people were talking about it i thought it was actually going to you know tell us something um but it doesn't say a thing
1: it's an easy joke to make, but Timmy Chalamet is made up to look exactly like the SNL character he played with Pete Davidson, uh. where they were the rappers or something. Like, and I couldn't get that out of my head when I saw this. And I'm like, I'm sure he'll be more serious. I'm sure it'll be more intense. I'm sure it'll be beautiful when we see it. But, um, but I just like am so happy like Taylor Russell is getting a showcase and is, by the way, like getting announced in this trailer because she's like the most unknown of them. And like, I just can't stop thinking about this. Just made me think about waves for like another day, and I was just so happy to think of waves again because God, she was amazing in that. Is that really all she's been in?
0: I'm trying to. There there has
1: to be something else that I'm that I'm missing. I'm sure there is.
0: Yeah, I'm trying to look it up real quick because I am not too familiar with her, to be honest. Oh, she was in Escape Room. (laughs) Oh, okay, yeah, there we go. (laughs) Words on the bathroom walls. I forgot about that movie. That wasn't terrible though. Oh. oh, she was in Lost in Space, the
1: series. That's right. Oh! That was a good series. I, I, I gave up on it, but I should have got back into it.
0: <laughs> I like how they took it in a more serious direction. Like it had yeah. more, I mean, compared to the movie in <laughs> the 90s. <laughs> that freaking nightmare. <laughs> I love that movie. All right, let's... It's such an odd one. <laughs> it is an odd one. Let's jump into this other trailer I want to get your opinion on. Um, I don't know that you've watched this yet, because I know you're not a huge trailer person. Uh, but this is called Jane starring Elizabeth
1: Banks. Did you okay, watch this? So I, I didn't watch it. Um, but I like kind of saw it and I love it. Like everyone's highlighting that like, you know, this is already like 70% on Rotten Tomatoes, which like could go either way. And most likely that's like, yeah, that it's weird that everybody is like on that kick, which uh, I don't know, but.
0: Well, I, I have opinions on why they're probably on that kick. Oh, um, I know exactly why. Yeah, yeah. I'll see it though. So here we go. Um, let me know. Make sure the volume comes through, and go. We're good. Mrs. Griffin, your pregnancy is endangering your life. Mom, what's the treatment? To not be pregnant.
2: That's the only option.
0: We could ask the board for permission to perform
2: an emergency termination. Is there a chance that she can survive the pregnancy? Maybe fifty percent, resulting in the birth of a healthy child. I'm here. I'm. I'm right here. I vote no, gentlemen. A- no. No. No, no, no. This is Jane.
1: How does it work?
2: Joy? Yes. Get in. No, this is not a taxi. You sit up front with me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You're going to rest for a few hours.
2: Which one of you is Jane? (laughs) We're all Jane.
1: have organizing meetings that's the address
2: how are you gonna get through them all this 11 year old girl deserves it well this lady has cancer she was raped it has to be random it's life or death for some of them it's life or death for all of them what do you mean let's take a deep breath you got a knack for this could have been a nurse could have been a doctor (laughs) We are entirely dependent (laughs) one man we can't change what it costs joy it's economics it's interesting how economics always seems to mean that black women get screwed stand up stand up don't tell me how you ladies came to be king my wife's name is joy detective yeah you told me that
1: you want to end up in prison
2: i will answer any questions i don't want to know We have something that works. We are of use. Yeah, it's not perfect, but it works. I'm not scared of jail. I'm scared there won't be anyone left to answer the phone. I need help. I don't know what to do. This is my fourth message. I'm losing my grip. I can't tell my parents. I have to go back for. let's get to work
1: now that's a trailer that like that you know that has the inspiring nature to it um I um I like that uh <laughs> I'm interested in that there's gonna be there's a overpowering of feminism coming into the oscars this uh year um we have uh women talking sarah Pauly coming back um we have um this one um called jane and then um we have a she said which is going to be like a huge harvey weinstein and so i'm wondering what's gonna like overpower unfortunately like i you know don't see these three all rising up to prominence um I, um, looking at it right now to see this thing about, you're saying the, uh, the uh, Oscar Beatty kind of thing is for Elizabeth Banks. Probably.
0: I think so. I just to comment on that real quick. It's yeah. that this performance, just seeing it in the trailer, obviously not seeing the movie yet. It just looks so different for her and so committed. I mean, she's, I love Elizabeth Banks, but she's always in that more comedic fun role. And this is just really great to see, especially with the supporting cast, Kate Mara, uh, Sigourney Weaver. Rupert Friend is in this like there's so many good people in this
1: this cast is wonderful this cast is really wonderful I see it's tough to see Elizabeth Banks um, getting a nomination for this because there's like I can't say it off the top of my head but it's very like just off the top like not off the top of my head but like just thinking about it in a general space it's a very crowded best actress field it feels yeah. like it's always been lately which is great um I see Sigourney Weaver possibly snagging a nomination.
0: Yeah, that is. would be a
1: cool move. I mean, granted, she's gotten a few nominations here and there, so it's not. It wouldn't be a revelation if she got one, but it, I would like to see her like kind of come back into the fray because yeah. I feel like it's been a while. Um, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm excited to see it in general in terms of Oscar prospects. I'm a little bit more worried. I see Banks possibly, um, if this matters or not, I don't even know, but like possibly a Golden Globe nomination. <laughs> 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 you, you know, what I was gonna say. <laughs> waiting for that yeah it's just like that's what i see this going at um especially them trying to like sort of make up for uh you know because like everybody hates us
0: airing on the roku channel yeah Yeah, i I, it's very timely obviously um my whole thing i'll just say it real quick why it's already getting the shit it's getting is because of the the topic um Mm -hmm. and i'm sure that there are like disgruntled white men online Mm -hmm. that are like pissed off about it already Uh, but it's a story that needs to be told. There's two powerful moments in that trailer. Um, The first is when she's sitting around, Elizabeth Banks' character is sitting around a table with all the men and they're talking about her like she's not here, not there, and making decisions about her body and she makes the comment like, I'm right here. And then the other one, there's a poster in the background at one point that says, write write women back into her story or something. Um, Something along those lines. And I just think that's very um, poignant and important. So... I'm I'm actually really looking forward to this. This is my kind of movie.
1: I'm really looking forward to it. I had to look up her name, unfortunately, but the uh, the black actress looked very familiar. Yeah, and it's uh, Wunmi uh, Musaka, who is just like amazing. Like yeah. she was amazing in We Own the City. She was amazing in um, Oh No 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 the Jonathan Banks series that only lasted one season on HBO because HBO sucks and canceled it. Jonathan oh, Banks my- series. It was like a supernatural thing with Michael K. Williams. Oh my God. This is like horrible. His his house? No, no, Lovecraft Country. Lovecraft Country. country. Jeez. I love that show. And I couldn't remember the name, Um, but I mean, like she was a great Lovecraft Country. um, And she seems to have like a powerful statement in this as well. Um, She like provides a great deal of conflict, which is the case with every single woman's rights story. It's always, you know, then the black women, you know, just like, you know, are receded back a little bit. And, um, Oh, man, uh, like this, this does look like something that's great. I mean, the trailer is a little bit generic with the, you know, the powerful song and like a lot. There's a lot of um, I love that, the, the, the girl song power there. song and stuff like I, I love it. And like it's it works. It got, it got me fired up. It got me inspired. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm into it. I'm definitely checking it out.
0: What's interesting is the director is the writer is the one that wrote Carol. Oh, she's directing this. And the writer of this is, there's two of them, Haley Shore and uh, Haley Shore did the show The Resident, it looks like. I don't oh. see any real movies. And then the other one is Roshan Sethi, who that rings a bell for some reason, also wrote The Resident. Looks like they write together a lot. Oh, Seven Days. Also wrote Seven Days. Oh, that's not the Seven Days I was thinking about. <laughs> um, I'm into it. I'm excited for it. It looks like a powerful movie for October, so that's when it comes out. Um, We should also mention real quick, just while we're on release dates, that uh, Amsterdam, uh, David O. Russell's movie, got bumped up a month. It's coming out uh, first week in October now.
1: That's um, that's interesting. Um, Right. Because I'm trying to think, like David O. Russell, you think Oscars, but also you think controversy based on him. And I'm trying to now figure out, like you know, you go to October. That's, that's a tough time to be, like, if you're a real prominent Oscar contender. And are they dumping it sooner so the studios can focus on other things? That, ooh, I, I want to, like, kind of look at the studio and just think about what else they got going. They're just kind of saying, we're going to push this a little bit to the side. Well, I'll tell you that, it,
0: so it's on October 7th now, and there's nothing else coming out that day except yeah. for Lyle Lyle Crocodile at this no. point. Um, and on the original date, it had My Policeman on Prime Video. But other than that, nothing really... Oh, maybe they wanted it to have a little bit more in terms of legs because Black Panther Wakanda Forever comes out the week after that.
1: It does. Okay, that that might be it. Yeah.
0: It's probably legs. Interesting. But Halloween Ends comes out the week after its new date, which won't have as big of an impact. But potentially, I mean...
1: Is Halloween Ends also coming out on Peacock? Are they doing a dual release? Or... It
0: sounds like it's just theaters this time, which oh, I think boy. is good. Yeah. I mean, like, Pe- Peacock's like the kiss of death for horror movies.
1: It really is, man. I'm about to watch they slash them, and I know it's bad. <laughs> it is, it's bad. I there's moments
0: of it that I really enjoyed. Um, but there it's just it doesn't come together. And it was so frustrating. I was so mad at it. Uh, it's funny because last night, excuse me, before the uh, the screening of beast. They showed a trailer for they slash them like universal did like two promos for themselves. And uh, they're like, no, I'm Peacock. And people are like, uh, (laughs) (laughs) we already saw it. We already saw it. Please leave us alone. Um, All right. Let's talk Holly shorts and the most hated man on the internet, which are the two things I've been watching recently. Holly shorts is a short film festival. Um, that takes place for about a week and a half. It's, uh, in California, of course. Uh, and it has been, it's the first time I've covered this. Um, I was invited to cover it and have been very much enjoying it. It's an Oscar qualifying short film festival, which oh, wow. is really cool. Um, and there's just a ton of content. And you're talking anything from a like two minute PSA. Uh, like, for instance, there's a PSA that has Idris Elba in it, uh, Morgan Freeman, some others about the fact that, um, and I hope I get these statistics right, it's called Embarrassed. Um, and it's about uh, talking to your doctor about prostate cancer because one in four black men will be diagnosed with it and one in 22 will die. Um, so it, it was like really a powerful two minutes, just really well done. Then you have like some three minute shorts, seven minute shorts, 12 minute shorts, 29 minute shorts. Um, so there's a lot of good stuff. Some of them have major stars, a lot of them have really good messaging. Some of them are a little questionable and like, what were you trying to get across here? Um, what did I just watch? But it's really neat to see how some of the filmmakers will take six minutes and showcase the work that they can do because that's what a lot of like these studios are looking for too, right? Like They're looking at these shorts and saying, like what you did with that, let's see what you'll do with a feature now. Like, What can you bring to this? Um, I watched a few the other night and I cried at two of them, um, like back to back. Uh, one was about gun violence, um, but it was really impactful about Uh, It had uh, Adrian Palicki and um, Zachary Levi in it. And it was like seven minutes. And uh, Zachary Levi's in it for like maybe 30 seconds if that. Um, But it's about a senator who um, uh, is in, she gets in the car after a big vote where one of the senators blocked the vote, Zachary Levi blocked the vote on gun control. And then she gets a call from her son who's in school and there's an active shooter at the school. And she's on the phone screaming, like, telling them what to do and all this stuff. And they're they're speeding to the school. And it is just heart-wrenching. Like, it is so intense and so good. Um, And it's called Thoughts and Prayers, which I thought was a nice little... Of course. I love it. Um, So there's just a lot of good stuff there. I have a lot more to watch this week, quite honestly. um, But really, really enjoying it. I've had a great time just... Kind of exploring different ideas, you know, maybe maybe some ideas for a plot that wouldn't make it um, the full like hour and a half movie, two hour movie. But in 10 minutes, it gets fleshed out really well and makes enough of an impact. There's one where you would freak out at this. There's one where it's um, the mom calls her daughter. And she keeps seeing something behind her, like two red eyes or something. Oh, God. And she's like, the daughter turns around and can't see it. And then finally, the daughter turns the FaceTime camera around. like, look, there's nothing there. But then she sees it and she can only see it through the camera.
1: Oh, my God.
0: And it, it's I think it's like three minutes long. But I was like, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> so it's it's been really good. Um, they organize things really well into like there's horror. There's LGBTQ. There's uh, drama, action, you know, all kinds of stuff. Um, the the other one I cried at the other night was an LGBTQ one where the one kid is, uh, he comes from like a really abusive household with parents drinking. And it's, it was just, be- there's one moment in it that's absolutely beautiful. And I, it like melted me. And again, we're talking about a very short film here. Yeah, that's,
1: that, that's always impactful when you can get that out of like a couple of minutes, which you often can and it's possible. And yeah. people don't really get that. And so, but, you know, like those can be great. It was, it was awesome.
0: The other thing I watched real quick was the um, short limited series on Netflix, The Most Hated Man on the Internet. Um, and this, if you remember back in the day, I don't know if you remember this, Sean, because I did once I started watching it. The um, the website that this guy created, which essentially became a revenge porn website, was is isanyoneup.com. Um, and it was essentially where people could could send in uh, pornographic pictures of other people like ex-girlfriends, ex-boyfriends, whatever, and get them posted. And this asshole that was running it was making a shit ton on it and was like running around the world and, you know, trying to set himself up. Like he was this great, uh, untouchable individual. And the limited series really showcases how one mother of a a girl who, or a woman who um, had her stuff put up there, uh, just really took him the task and like would not stop. And it's it's good. It's three episodes. Um, it, it probably could have been an hour and a half movie. Yeah. Uh, but it was good.
1: Yeah. Um, uh, friend of the pod, Matt, has been saying that about a lot of like, you know, these like documentary series is that they're just spliced up to be movies. Um, <clears throat> I haven't finished this series, but I did start it and uh, it is great. It's really well done. Um, and it's just like the way they actually like, you know, kind of like, I guess, kind of take him down. Is like quite fascinating and very interesting. Like no. not exactly how I expected. So it was. It was that. That was a lot of fun, and I can't wait to see the rest of it. Yeah, the guy's a complete
0: douchebag. Oh, um, he's he, horrible. He just got out of jail in 2017. He's just, a sociopath. I five mean, years like, ago.
1: Yeah. Like oh god.
0: Him and uh, what's his name, Billy from Fire Island or Fire
1: Island Fire Festival? <laughs> like him and uh, Martin Scully all get together <laughs> and uh, <laughs> they do the next big thing. Let's not put that idea, those ideas out into the world. <laughs>
0: All right, Sean, you're uh, you're catching up on some stuff. What have you been watching?
1: I am catching up on some stuff. I was away on the Cape last week, and so like I'm hearing about all these cool movies. Eh, I mean, there's not too too many popular ones, but I was going nuts. And uh, but uh, <laughs> the first one I saw was a great surprise for me. Um, and this was uh, Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. And I say great surprise because these trailers didn't really do it for me. They looked like they were going to be um, old man in a rocking chair get off my lawn to the uh, Gen Z like, satire, where it's just, it's not genuine, it's just kind of, like, oh, they're just picking on, like, the little things that they do, and that's what the trailer really came off as. Um, although I do commend this trailer for, like, not revealing a single thing, while also, like, getting you interested. Like, that was one thing, like, I had no idea what was happening. Um, I loved this movie. I loved it, I loved it, I loved it. I, I mean, it just, like, the the way they just sort of, like, mapped out the horror of it, the visualization of each character, um, the like the ultimate like uh, finale reveal, which just was really brilliant and didn't see coming at all. It just kind of speaks volumes about this generation in both a good and a bad way. Um, and you know, you don't see this coming. You don't see like you know the different aspects of it. I will say, like, I'm gonna go through all the movies I've seen. I might do at the end of the year a best cast of 2022, and mm. this will be pretty damn high up there because this was like a unanimously amazing cast just such a deep bench um i don't care what people say I, I, he's got haters i love pete davidson i think he, is oh, he was great in this. he apparently he riffed a lot of it including the castaway joke which nobody else laughed at but had me laughing i missed like the next five minutes of the movie because i couldn't even get control of that it was just a beautifully <laughs> placed joke um Oh, man, I really, I like this a lot. I I was kind of blown away by, like, how much I liked it. I didn't expect to like it. I will say, like, my one criticism, which didn't even bother me too much, it slows a little in the end where the characters do get petty. And I think it's what it's supposed to do, so I'm not going to get mad at that. But it was something where, like, I was just like, okay, get to it. And then, like, the very end happened, and I was like, okay, never mind. This is awesome. (laughs) So it was just one of these things where, because, you know, they don't do, when they do the reveal, they don't do, like, a flashback of, uh, well, this happened because this, this happened because you have to mentally do that yourself. And yeah. so it treats you like you're smart. And so I realized I'm like, oh my God, I kind of like, I, I'm like, I'm like going back through the events in the movie. I'm like, oh no. And I'm being intentionally cagey. I want to be, cause I, I don't even want to do a spoiler alert on that one. I want people to really see that and like, just enjoy what happened. Yeah.
0: I, the only thing I'll say about it is I, um, I, I don't like how it was marketed. I think it was marketed <laughs> as a slasher film. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's uh i mean slight spoiler but i feel like people know this it's not well you don't see a kill
1: i know i just realized it like you see like maybe one or two you don't really see like any of the kills and so it's more of a suspense thriller you're right it did get marketed as a slasher without a doubt
0: and that was my only thing and i even in my quick reaction to it after i saw it that night said uh that it was like a modern day slasher or a slasher for modern day audiences or something. And then like the next day, I'm like, not really actually like <laughs> disagreeing with myself.
1: <laughs> it did. It did the, um, it did the elements. It really was like clue. I was watching clue where, you know, it was like, Oh, they just discover the body. Then they discover the next body, which, you know, is accurate to that game. Uh, <laughs> it's yeah, like, sure. kind of like a fun little, Oh man, but like you know, you, you have a uh, Rachel Snod, who has all like the the bracelets on. Uh, you have a uh, oh man, I'm gonna butcher the name, but Mila Harold, who has like the 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 official like headlamp on. Everyone has their own way to light like themselves, and I just kind of love that you knew who everyone was without even seeing them. Rachel that, was my favorite. Oh my god, she was so funny. <laughs> She's so different in Shiba Baby, and she is like so good in this. She she is definitely meant to be the most of the comic relief. But it's just like such a wild energy that I loved. Yeah, it was, it was a wild movie. Definitely. Um, the other one I saw, I just saw last night. And I'm still trying to like process how I'm going to review this one um, because there's a few disappointments in it. But uh, this was Fall, and um, first of all, the budget is five million dollars in this movie. That's insane. That's truly, like, that that, that. that that is a marvel for the director, regardless of, like, how I feel this movie is. Like, this director, like, did something great because the first act, like, we said this off mic, and I can't believe you said it without me knowing, like, that I felt the same way. I was so nauseous. I was, like, I was gonna throw up in that first act. It was really, really, like, you know, like, getting to you. And that's the first act where they make the climb up the uh, giant radio tower. Um, and then, like after that i think this movie got way too distracted by way too much plot that was not needed at all and we i we joked about this and when i when we said it's going to be an hour 40 i said no <laughs> this movie can not Not that i mind an hour 40 long movie but when you're stuck on a radio then i realized why it's because they really did a little bit too much plot that was very predictable and very unnecessary um and um, I just like I felt like that took the air out of the suspense towards the end. Um, there is I want to be very careful about this because I didn't know this was going to happen, and so I'm just going to say this word instead of the typical word. There was a turn that occurred that I didn't see coming. Would usually annoy me, but I loved it too. <laughs> oh, I, it's it's the kind of thing that I, I, I my initial instinct was to be like, oh, what the hell? But instead, I was just like, this is like good. It, it fits the plot. It made set. It made logical sense. It really did. They didn't like do any plot holes out of it, and I really loved how that went. Um, I don't know. I'm going back and forth on this one. I just really like you know. If I'm criticizing a plot in a movie like this, that's stupid. But also, when you're doing so much of it, it, it. Oh god, it it, it kind of graded me a little bit. But it's worth seeing just for like how much like you know like how much everything else done as well. I wanna.
0: Uh, share. I interviewed the director last week and I want to share the beginning of it um, because it was kind of fascinating. I mentioned that he like um, confirmed my fear of heights um, and <laughs> it, he was really cool to talk to. So here you go. absolute We need to it. first talk about how your your film just helped confirm my fear of heights. And I didn't <laughs> even know I had one until <laughs> really the first half hour of fall. I was losing my mind. Absolutely. That's amazing. funny. Oh, well, no. sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> so we hit the ground running with fall, right? We, from the very beginning, from the instigating incident with Dan to the emotionally charged conversation uh, between Becky and her father to a near car accident that shocked me as well. This is all within the first what, 15, 20 minutes. Yeah, I think that's um, 12 actually. I think and climbing power, the tower intensity of this and the unnerving moments never stop from beginning to end, but you managed to tackle things like grief and overcoming your fear and perseverance. What was the inspiration for this film for writing it?
2: Um I think it was two. There was one is one is to really take the audience on a on a real experience um, and really tap into tap into the the heights and the fear of heights, um, which I think I carry and a lot of people carry. <laughs> and why of that is and that ties very closely, I think, with um, with life and death, honestly, and like and the feeling of. Um, uh you know well the complexities of that right and and of of what why someone kind of pushes themselves to the edges is, is is really kind of like testing life right but then on the other side of that is obviously um the, 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 the you know the, the the other side of that so i think um I, I think it was really to explore living life was was the theme um and and to explore explore grief really like as a as a central central theme to really kind of get into that because i felt like the time what's been happening the last couple of years has been so hard and traumatic for everyone it's it's i think we all kind of are carrying some of that with us and and uh and i think becky's story is kind of tapping into that somewhat and then really trying to uh you know climb out of it and then live life to the
0: you know get back on the saddle this so that he was just really fun to talk to but one thing so, that he mentioned so was that as i keep playing it <laughs> one thing that he mentioned um which i don't uh, like so the visuals in this movie are incredible yeah um and he had mentioned later on in the interview that instead of watching, um, you know what was hap- what the camera was filming on a monitor, he was watching it on a VR headset, <laughs> so that they, he could see like what,
1: <laughs> right? Isn't that nuts? <laughs> I thought that was awesome. That's so brave. Oh my God. This guy's like, has he done other stuff? He yeah. Could've... It's funny because
0: later on, and I say something like, this is a very different movie for you compared to the other two. He goes, you can say better movie. You can say better. <laughs> um,
1: oh, but
0: uh, it, the visuals, I think, were the coolest part. And like I, I mentioned later on in the interview, the shoe drop in this, <sighs> Once, the very first time they dropped the shoe with the cell phone in it, and you follow it a little bit, I was like, <laughs> oh, <God. laughs>
1: I, it's just like it, I, I forgot about that stupid almost car accident in the beginning. What an asshole! That <laughs> like, we're, like, we're already terrified. <laughs> this guy like just absolutely makes it. I
0: like how I was like, oh, the first fifteen minutes he goes twelve actually. <laughs> twelve
1: actually. What um? I couldn't place his accent. What uh, nationality?
0: Uh, he's he lives in London.
1: Oh, okay, so yeah. yeah
0: uh or in the uk um and he the other interesting thing about this uh is that he i don't know much about it but they used ai to remove 30 fucks from this movie
1: oh i heard about that story and now i kind of know why (laughs) yeah
0: uh, and it apparently like it's his company like his ai i guess he started this shit um which is kind of funny but uh it was also filmed with imax cameras it
1: was filmed for imax and I don't think it was available on IMAX. It's not getting an IMAX release. That actually really sucks because I'm tell- like, I didn't need an IMAX release to be terrified. <laughs> I know, I like, know. I guess, like, uh, like you said, like you confirmed your fear of heights. Yeah, I don't have like a tremendous fear of heights. Obviously, I would never do what they did, but <laughs> like, if you if heights bother you in the slightest, you will have a problem in this movie. Like, you really will. <laughs> they also did a lot of their own stunts so I was impressed by that and I was always wondering where the green screen cut out. Yeah. And uh, like, I was trying to figure that out. And especially like the, the, the drone shots that they had, I was like, okay, something's going on here. Cause they didn't climb a 3000 foot radio tower, but like they, <laughs> like, they look, it looks like they're up like above the horizon considerably. I, oh, it was so, so the only reason
0: I know about this is because he, he, I because I interviewed the guy and I read a little bit about it as well. They built, the top of the tower on the edge of a mountain so that they could get that perspective behind it oh so they're still terrifying the terrified then, those act actors. Oh, oh they're up there like yeah they asked a lot of them they're not i mean they're not two thousand feet and gonna die but but i
1: think that's <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like what what movie do you want me to do <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's still way too much for me man <laughs> wow yeah. um I, you know what, this like you know kind of bumped it up though. That's what you do. You talk to the filmmaker, and then I get a little bit more jazzed about the movie. That's what happens.
0: But... It's just a visual experience, I think. It like really the story, great. and I, the story didn't do it for me, honestly. Yeah. Like I felt like it dragged on way too long, and um, was like I didn't love the stuff with. I didn't love the disagreement with the friend that happens. That uh, without drove getting
1: me it. insane. I was I, like, this. You you could do this entire movie without that. You really yeah, don't oh, need it at all. Like, absolutely at all and I, th- th- like the it's unnecessary to a, to a degree that i couldn't even like fathom i was like, <laughs> seeing, like seeing them argue about this and i'm like what the hell guys
0: <laughs> i do want to go see it on the big screen because i watched it on my tv <laughs> um oh definitely oh wow, wow I really, yeah. I, and i still was like i'm gonna throw up um, <laughs> but and i literally it took me like two hours after watching the movie to
1: settle my stomach and I, i'm not kidding about that i i mean i was up until like one last night like, <laughs> I mean, that's not new, but like I was this time.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's dive into the news because we have a bit that we want to cover. And I first want to start with something that we've talked about a few times. Um, Ezra Miller here. Uh, So Ezra Miller has um, finally broken their silence uh, after the most recent felony arrests, (laughs) the most recent incident, which was a felony arrest or a felony charge in Vermont um Ezra stated the following having recently gone through a time of intense crisis I now understand that I am suffering complex mental health issues and have begun ongoing treatment I want to apologize to everyone that I have alarmed and upset with my past behavior I am committed to doing the necessary work to get back to a healthy safe and productive stage in my life happy to hear this uh there's a lot of discussion online as to like whether WB like you know basically countered her countered them and was like you need to you know, do this. Uh, but either way, if they are really getting the help that they need, I don't really care how it came about as long as they're, they're doing it because at the end of the day, this individual clearly needs the help.
1: This is a positive, Yeah. but I can't help but roll my eyes because of what you just said. Yeah. Like, would this be happening if, um if there wasn't a flash movie coming out, if WWE yeah. wasn't involved, my like really solid answer and perspective on that is no. Yeah. And like and I don't wanna like be like that because maybe hey, maybe they do genuinely want to get help. But I just I've seen enough of these. I've seen enough actors apologize. I've seen enough football players apologize, I've seen enough politicians apologize where I know where this is. Which it's, politicians? It's... Oh actually <laughs> there's not a lot of politicians that apologize. <laughs> actually, that's a good point. These okay. days they just dig their heels in. <laughs> I admire them for that. No, no, no. Um, but I <laughs> but it's one of those things where Good. Good that this is happening, that this is happening, but the the genuine nature of it still ugh, it, do, it doesn't sit right.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with you. I see that perspective and I've, I've read a few people that have said the same. My my take on it is, regardless of their um, their intent here, meaning Warner Brothers, if it is to like write the ship so that they can, you know promote the movie and not have as many issues. if they're supporting Ezra Miller, hopefully, financially or hopefully hopefully with connections to get this help good good on them mm-hmm. um, because at the end of the day it's going to hopefully help improve this individual's life and Ezra seriously needs that based on everything that was going on um, I didn't think this was going to happen quite honestly because oh, it no, seemed I like didn't. Ezra was like
1: fuck you essentially no, this seemed like something that it was not like close to happen like when they laid out those three options yeah. I was kind of like Oh my God! They are looking at that third option, which the third option was like ax the movie, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yep. I mean, like, I I couldn't see that happening. I mean, I and I sat back here like maybe a month ago saying that was probably going to happen. So, no, but um, like I I you know I mean it looks like they're going with option one, and uh, hopefully it plays out nice for them. And if uh, they can curry enough good favor, then the movie can as well. Apparently, people love the movie. The test audiences adore it. So. Yeah. If it's good it's good.
0: <laughs> I was writing an opinion piece about why they need to cancel the movie
1: when this article came out about like <laughs> and I was like, "Damn it." <laughs> that's the uh, that's the Tom Hanks clip and uh, you've got mail of him deleting something letter by letter, which I've done a few times like when Oscar news breaks after I've done my column.
0: <laughs> <laughs> It's insane. Well, the next story here is uh, about this is actually a very polarizing story online as well, but I guess that's like I guess without saying anything online is going to be. Um, Kenya Barris is has been hired by Warner Brothers to write and direct a reimagining of the Wizard of Oz. Um, this is really interesting. We don't know any details aside from the fact that it's going to be a modern reimagining. Um, and uh, that's essentially it. This is the creator of um, Blackish. Uh, and his feature directorial debut is You People, which hasn't come out yet. Um, but it has, he wrote it with Jonah Hill um, and Jonah Hill, Eddie Murphy, Julia Louis-Dreyfus, they're all in it, as well as Laura London, Nia Long, and David Duchovny. So like that's quite the cast.
1: Jesus. <laughs> okay.
0: Um, so I, I mean, listen, it's a 1939 film. And, you know, aside from The Wiz, and dave franco's oz or whatever it was remember that one sam ramey baby james franco james franco james right? franco yeah. yeah um yeah i don't know uh, I, I don't have any strong opinions about this i'm interested to
1: see where they go with it i mean i think it's like i don't think it's a great idea <laughs> um I, like, mainly like not even like for like the quality like it, who knows if it could be a good movie or a bad movie you're not going to carry great public opinion with this yeah. um like you said this is polarizing that's interesting because all i've heard is just like you know fuck you kenya barris <laughs> for like even like attempting to remake a classic with the exception of you know the whiz that did it and so that's the part that gets me is like well the whiz did this really i mean i don't think that was a modern interpretation but like it's a it was a different telling of it um I think Kenya Barris is extremely talented. I think Blackish is exceptional. Uh, he did this other show that was like one season on Netflix that was not good. Um, and, but it was still like this kind of like fun thing that was like biting towards him. But I, um, I, I mean, I, I'm always open for remakes. Um, I often know they're not going to be good. Like, you know, 90, they have I've <laughs> in my like own mind, they have a 90% failure rate. Um, like, cause you have to bring something new to the table. I think you do this with a modern one, but like, you know, what is he he to Like, is, is the, is Dorothy going to put a uh, camera phone in front of, uh, you know, uh, the Wicked uh, Witch of the West and say, you're canceled, bro. And, you know, will this be like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre like kind of thing where it's like, oh, we'll do a modern retelling. And then it turns out like, oh yeah, we'll put cell phones in it. And I, I don't know. I think like, you know, keep, keep it there. I don't think there's, I, I know there's more to a modern retelling than that by the way, but like I, I, i don't know there's something about it where it just says like you know what can you do that would be modern about this when you're going into a fantasy world anyway like uh it, mm. i'll tell you though I, like it's funny you're saying that because i'm thinking
0: about carrie williams film that was at sundance maybe last year and carrie williams is the one that just did emergency this year which i know you love oh. um, but last year he did um our hashtag J, and it was a modern retelling of romeo and juliet and it used cell phones and stuff um yeah. And it was actually done well. I really enjoyed it. Um, so it's kind of funny how, like, it can go either way. I don't know.
1: Yeah, it could, it could do it right. I never want to dismiss, a, like, a movie there. But I just know that, like, most remakes, like, you yeah. know, one of the... the I, I go back to, like, Point Break, where it's like... Yeah, that's true. There, there, there's... Can you bring something new to the table? And Point Break absolutely couldn't. <laughs> like, they were just like, we're going to literally do the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: Robert De Niro, though, is... Uh, probably he's doing the same thing but not really doing the same thing because who knows like he's he gives good performances in every film he's in um but he's going to be in a new wb film called wise guys uh which is going to be directed by barry levinson uh and this is a wb film wb mob drama i should say um this is the reuniting after uh the wizard of lies which was the barry madoff series um which is uh kind of exciting because that was a really good series yeah. Um and this is from Deadline a period piece that tells the story of Vito Genovese and Frank Costello a pair of Italian Americans running two separate crime families during the mid 20th century Genovese tried and failed to assassinate Costello in 1957 though the latter wound up taking uh, his leave from the mob after being injured during the attempt on his life um, what's fascinating is De Niro will be taking on both roles
1: You're you're, you're kidding right
0: we hear that De Niro will be taking on both key roles in the film eyed for release in theaters.
1: Wow. This is why I should really prepare for the episode. And read it. <laughs> <laughs> like you're getting a genuine reaction. From that's me why right you now. shouldn't prepare. I love it. <laughs> I know. Like, right now I'm like, wow. Um, that's not great. Um, that's, that's going to be like silly. I don't like that. That that works sometimes in some roles where an actor takes on both roles. I, I you know, I, I think De Niro is obviously a spectacular actor. Um, I don't think when he's playing two different mob bosses, I don't think there's gonna be like a lot of versatility involved in that. And th- this feels terrible of me to say that about De, De Niro, because De Niro rules, but like I don't know if like you're gonna like be able to like see two different people. Right. And that might be the tricky thing there. Um, but uh, all, all I have to say about this, the first reaction I had is Barry Levinson's finally directing a movie that's gonna go to friggin' theaters again. Because yeah. <laughs> He has been on TV for like 10 years. Like it's so funny you say Wizard of Lies was the last one. And like most recently he was in um, the fight. Oh, it was not the fighter. Um, the survivor. The survivor. And that was also, you know, now a TV movie. And um, Barry Levinson is a solid director. Um, I, he's, I don't think he's ever really done a mob movie. I mean, if you want to call Dick Tracy that, but no. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I, I'm, 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 Levinson's a solid director. De Niro's a legendary, spectacular actor in every form. I Levin- in. Levinson did Man of the Year he did man of the year he's done like so much he like you if you look at the levinson filmography it is like he really really stretches it out there like a man lot of, of stuff
0: man of the year is such an underrated movie in my opinion mm-hmm. that's um robin williams and it's <laughs> he's like a satirical talk show political host um, and ends up running for president. And I think, doesn't he end up winning because of the machine issue? Because <laughs> of
1: the machines, yeah. Probably
0: not a great movie for today, but I know,
1: like, let's not think about any movies that have election fraud. <laughs> like, <laughs> let's just not do it. Because <laughs> I think actually, I'm not even kidding. I think like recently, Trump or someone referenced Man of the Year. They did. They and did. it's like, dude, <laughs> quit it. like really you're now going into like comedy movies
2: (laughs) need to license a song a clip from a movie or a podcast interview for your project we can help musiclerk.com is your one-stop shop for licensing and clearance work we have helped multiple filmmakers podcasters brands and advertisers license the best content for their creative projects need a quote for a license to make sure it fits your budget we've got you covered Plus, we handle all the research and get pre-approval for your license. Check out our website, musiclerk.com. That's (laughs) M-U-S-I-C-L-E-R-K.com.
0: Switching gears here, uh, (laughs) we have Lionsgate and Twisted Pictures once again coming out with another Saw movie. I am pumped for this. It is the 10th Saw movie. The 10th fucking Saw movie is coming out. This is a very successful series. The whole series has been like made over a billion dollars. Um, it's Horace and they make it for cheap. The last one was uh, Spiral, which was like a soft side reboot and essentially, which did well and was not bad. Um, but this is going to be directed by Gren Gruttert. uh, probably mispronounced the name, but whatever. Um, he edited the first five Saw movies and Jigsaw and directed Saw 6 and Saw 7. Not the greatest entries in the series, <laughs> but it all depends on the script. Um, so I'm excited about this this is uh, again Saw, I think Saw X is what they'll be calling it that was rumored like months ago um, I love the Saw movies they are my guilty pleasures this one's coming out next October um, what's going to be interesting to see is how they kind if they connect it to the events of Spiral if they want to continue on with any of that how they're going to either cap the series which I don't think they'll ever do or give it new life moving forward Uh, Which Spiral did in a way, um, but, you know, what the next steps are remains to be seen. Um, The one thing to remember, though, is that the original Saw movie was considered an indie film. Oh, yeah. And it was made on a
1: budget of, like, less than $1 million, I believe. Yeah. It was no it was nutty how like that one just like took off and really launched the genre. And I know people don't like to call this genre what it is, but like it, it has like a torture porn, like yeah. you know, like it like and it caught like that came on with hostile and that came on with oh, like several God, other Hostel. movies. Ooh. And like I think that like this launched like a reinvigoration of like 70s horror of Craven horror, of like you know, like when I say West Craven horror, I don't mean like you know the fun screen movies, I mean the terrifying 70 movies that he used to make that like still don't sleep after watching. Um <laughs> And I think this, like, kind of brought back that in a new light. I do think they are going to leave Spiral alone, only because this felt like this one-off. Um, and it was kind of like they you know, I, I don't know the story of the other ten saws. <laughs> like, I think that, you know, um, they, they'll probably sort of keep that going. I, do I have to watch the other nine in order to uh, know what's going on in this one?
0: You need to at least watch the first
1: cool. four five i thought you were just gonna say first one
0: (laughs) no i would i mean like the story the first couple films the story is interwoven um and there's a little play with time a little bit where like the events of one of the sequels is actually happening at the time of one of the previous ones um which you find out later like spoiler
1: but you'll you won't detect it right away Um, i've seen the end of saw two and so i know that like pretty much like you know I'm, I'm spoiling this i guess but jigsaw quote unquote dies even though i've seen him in trailers of 800 other movies so. yeah well
0: and that's what's interesting they like each movie reveals more yeah um so uh, you do have to watch them they're so i love them some um, of them are terrible like the seventh one which was saw what, seventh one or eighth one saw 3d was like it must have been the seventh one because the eighth one was jigsaw which was not terrible not great the ninth one was spiral and then this one um Saw three D and just had like it's written for shock value.
1: But, yeah, that I mean I I know that I've seen like weird I don't know how I've seen this but like on uh, like you know either YouTube holes that I've gone down or something like you know some weird like you know Facebook reels where like I've seen like clips of some of these Saw movies and I'm like these were movies that were released in theaters oh they're nuts, like, they're they're like nuts. they look like they're like the sand or something like there's so much
0: fun there's so much fun oh my god. Um, all right, let's move on and talk about The Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. We haven't talked about this much, but it's really starting to rack up uh, quite the cast. And, um, you know, this is starring Tom Blythe and Rachel Zegler. And this is the prequel to The Hunger Games as we know it. And I believe the, it focuses on um, Coriolanus Snow, uh, who will be played by uh, Tom Blythe um, years before he would become the tyrannical president of Pan Am at a point when he's the last hope for his fading lineage, a once proud family that has fallen from grace in a post-war capital with the 10th annual hunger games, fast approaching the young snow is alarmed when he is assigned to mentor Lucy gray Baird played by Rachel Zegler, the girl tribute from the impoverished district 12. This is the longest synopsis ever, but after Lacey gray commands all of Pan Am's attention by defiantly, uh, singing during the reaping ceremony, snow thinks he might be able to turn the odds in her favor. Um, uh, the most recent news that we got is that viola davis has been tapped for this as head game maker volumnia gall i love viola davis
1: <laughs> she is one of the finest actors of our generation she like gives like turns in performance and performance and she also likes to have an absolute blast Like, the fact that she has not gone away from the Suicide Squad movies, like, where she could have, like, you know, kind of, like, (laughs) dug a hole and, like, said, like, I'm staying away from this, and instead is leaning into them to the point where maybe, maybe not, there's going to be a series literally about her in those, shows me that, like, she likes to have this. I mean, we we have to remember that the Hunger Games movies were no sludge when it came to casting. Philip Seymour Hoffman was in those damn movies. I mean, Mahershala Ali was in them. Julianne Moore, Donald Sutherland. Oh, yeah, Jennifer Lawrence. Uh, (laughs) I love her. Like, literally, like, I mean, these things are just, like, full of, like, oh, Stanley Tucci and Toby Jones. I mean, really, this is something where I'm just, like, getting more and more, like, jazzed and excited about it now. I wasn't at first, but it's, like, okay, so they're still bringing in the casting legends. I mean, the Hunger Games movies are, like, sort of hit or miss. I think Catching Fire is easily the best one. Absolutely. Um, And I'm, I'm ready to, like, you know, like, see if I can enjoy this one, too. I'll keep going in this universe.
0: We got the first image for um, the movie, which uh, doesn't. I mean, it's kind of funny because it doesn't show anything. But I still was very like, "Oh, okay, I'm kind of excited for this. Like, this is a movie, um, and I'll show it here." And of this course, this is them cuddling, right? Yeah, it's them cuddling. And of course, like those of you listening, <laughs> just Google the most recent pick that came out from Vanity Fair.
1: But they they both look really good in this. <laughs> I honestly thought this was a remake of Loving at first, because <laughs> <laughs> like, that's like the most Joel Edgerton, like, kind of ha- like you know, hair and Loving that I've ever seen. What do we know Tom Blythe from? I was about to ask. I was literally about to ask you that because I don't. All I can think of is um, this is not right. No, no, <laughs> he was not young Voldemort because that's just no. a character named Tom. He was um, in the Gilded Age. He was in
0: Billy the Kid. And the was Gilded a, Age. I watched The Gilded Age. I, okay. okay
1: Robin, top life.
0: Robin Hood with Russell Crowe. Oh,
1: okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was um, a movie that was seen.
0: Yeah, that that happened. <laughs> um, but I'm excited. I, like I said, I like Viola Davis, and I like that she goes from like, the woman king to like, <laughs> the Hunger Games. You know, like, she's all over the board, and she just gives it her all in every performance. And that's what Makes her stand out and makes her such a great freaking uh, actor. Oh God! Um, speaking of great period, God. Godzilla vs Kong <laughs> is getting a sequel, and we have um, some ideas about what the sequel is going to be about. Um, Adam Wingard is returning to this, um, and Dan Stevens is starring. I love Dan Stevens. Um, they last worked together in The Guest, which was good. Um, But basically what we know here is that um, the earth from the uh, uh, Kong defending the earth from the unusual and dangerous creatures that threaten his new home. So it seems like there's a lot of a lot of questions around whether or not Godzilla is stepping away, mainly because there's a lot of Godzilla films being made over in Japan, I believe it is um that are so like the original ip is being utilized uh-huh. um so they're talking about potentially going the route i think of the son of kong which is a storyline that might pop up in this one but like i just like the unusual and dangerous creatures that threaten his new home like are we are they coming out of the are we just focusing on like, the center of the earth again because that's where it ended up right
1: I guess so. I think it gets less fun when you're just, like, chilling in the hollow earth and, like, everything is CGI. Like, I, I think it's fun when you go to a city and destroy it. I, I That's that's the whole nature of it. I mean, you know, like, it was – a part of me does think that I really do like the Kong movies more, like, these recent Kong movies more. Um, and, uh, I mean, there's a little bit too, but, <laughs> like, I've, I've liked Kong in them and uh so i'm i'm ready for like maybe them exploring that character a little more godzilla's had his time with his movies i'm ready for uh, kong to get his yeah i
0: listen i'm pumped for it i like wingard i like what he did with um the last film i think it was a lot of fun the only thing that i i wish they would do a little bit better is um not always introducing a new cast um you know they didn't i mean it's not a full new cast in the last film because you have uh what's his name um Clear eyes, full hearts can't lose. Friday night lights. In, oh, he
1: was he in both of them?
0: Yeah. And Millie Bobby Brown. Millie Bobby Brown is that Millie Bobby Brown was in both of them? Yeah, but oh, then so a, Kyle
1: Chandler was in both of them. Kyle right? Chandler was yeah. in both. Yeah, oh, um, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, that tells
0: you something right there. <laughs> but like Rebecca Hall um, and Skarsgård from the last one, like bring them back. and the the young girl that uh, that was deaf. Like she was amazing. I loved that. Was her. a
1: great character, yeah.
0: Um, so bring her back. But uh, the last film did really well. Maybe it was just like you know after pandemic time that people mm. were like losing their minds, needing something. But it was a lot. Of, I watched it a lot of times. On it HBO was.
1: Max. I mean, it was one of the HBO Max like uh, day in releases. Yeah. And, but it was one of the ones, the first ones where like even though it's a day in release, even though a lot of people watch it on streaming. There was a lot of people that went to the theaters for the first time for that one. There's a lot of first-time theater movies that have ranged from like uh, Godzilla vs Kong to Top Gun Maverick, but they've gotten there. Yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, speaking of getting there, Disney is getting there with maximizing uh, the complete pillaging of all of their uh, <laughs> theme park rides. <laughs> this is uh, there's a new film coming out based on. Uh, Big Thunder Mountain Railroad, which is a ride that opened in Disneyland in 1979, um, and then in Magic Kingdom as well. It's their wooden roller coaster. It's absolutely crazy. Yeah. Um, I just saw a video on uh, TikTok the other day where someone, like, it got stuck, and then someone jumped off of it.
1: Because <laughs> like, you can get out of it very easily. <laughs> very easily. <laughs> that safety bar doesn't mean anything. Like I, I remember when I was, like, in second grade, where, like, you know, I'm not supposed to have these concerns, but I'm like... If I actually move through this way geometrically, I could go like it. I'm like, I shouldn't know that.
0: <laughs> that explains so much about you, Sean. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but this is so burton and Birdie, who did, I believe, they directed a few episodes of Hawkeye, um, have been tapped for this film. So they're going to direct a, a pick based on it. Uh, it's called Big Thunder Mountain. I, i don't know if i keep adding railroad or if, like, i thought it was called big thunder mountain railroad um but essentially a mine cart ride set in a mining town where gold is discovered the original big thunder mountain railroad as we talked about is in both parks um and it's one of the most re- more recognizable coasters in all of the parks according to deadline we don't really know um what the plot details are yet um but yeah who knows this uh this is going to be kind of interesting. They It says that they directed the majority of the Hawkeye episodes for Disney+. And I actually really enjoyed Hawkeye. Yeah. We talked about that a lot, um, surprisingly. Um, but they apparently, uh, according to Deadline, uh, needed to deliver a presentation to studio execs. And sources say that Disney was excited from the start about their vision of what it could be.
1: So that's exciting. Um, ugh. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I mean of course, like, yeah, my instantaneous reaction is like, you know, pure shit. Like really you're doing another one off a theme park ride. I mean, sometimes they're great like Pirates of the Caribbean and sometimes they're great like or they're tough like Eddie Murphy's haunted mansion. And and then Jungle Cruise in the middle. (laughs) And then Jungle Cruise right in the middle. Um I I look at this and I say, you know what? like you said, like I enjoyed Hawkeye as well. Hawkeye is fun. Hawkeye is stupid and silly. <laughs> and like, this is a movie about a theme park ride. So to go stupid and silly might be the way to go. I mean, like, is it going to be like a runaway train movie? I mean, we just had like a few Pulitzer. of those. So <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I, you know, they're in right now trains. So Will movies...
0: bad bunny star.
1: <laughs> oh God. Yes. I mean, they're, it's in the desert. Like, he's you know, ready to go.
0: <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Um, I mean, it's what's really interesting about this on a larger level is how Disney is just mining what they already own to make these films. So, you know, you talk about the animated films that they're turning into live action. You talk about the theme park rides that they're now like building more story around. Um, It's it's kind of it's actually a very interesting direction. And you can even say the same for Marvel, too, where they own the right. I mean, they own Marvel and Marvel owns the rights to X, Y, Z characters. Um, they're kind of, you know, they're not really doing a lot of original stuff. Or, or original in
1: terms yeah. of like they're not buying shit to bring yeah. in. They're they're moving inward instead of moving outward. I mean, if you think about like a new kind of Disney, smart. like, I, hey, I mean, people are gonna go see it. People are gonna go see this Snow White live action movie. They're gonna grumble while they do it, but they're gonna go see it. Like and they're gonna just, whistle while they work. It, it, <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't it. That wasn't it. That wasn't it. That wasn't it. Do, 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 do. I don't have. I don't have a childhood. Apparently, I even went on that stupid, like you know, Snow White ride like ten times last time I went to Disney because I thought it was awesome. Go to uh, Disney in three weeks. And I'm like, what are we doing? Where are we going? What are we? Doing? What rides am I going to?
2: Um.
1: Yeah, <laughs> like I yeah, this is where I like like I I got sidetracked again. But um, no, like I know what interview you are talking about. I won't lie. Yeah, like I I you know I was on the Cape with my niece. We didn't have uh, cable, so she watches the DVD of Frozen. Then she watches the DVD of Moana. After that, the DVD of Frozen. Then right after that, the DVD of Moana. And like those are two spectacular Disney movies that were these original ideas that they then cashed in on with a bunch of rides and toys and other things like. You know, the the money can still be made when you do the creative stuff. Like, like, and, you know, you you make the rides and you make the other stuff. I don't know. I mean...
0: It seems like they're sticking to animation to really launch them in that original direction, though. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Um, a little bit of breaking, but not really. And for those of you on the podcast, Google this. Um, those of you listening to the podcast, you're going to have to Google this. But the first poster for Enola Holmes Two came out. Oh, um, I love the first one. It's lovely. This is the first poster. Okay, that's not that's not a poster. That's Wait. not a poster. But also, it's like they're tucked in. Like here's Henry Cavill back here. And then over here is Millie
1: Bobby Brown. <laughs> okay, you know what? Actually, this is kind of clever. <laughs> like, I actually will give him this. This looks stupid from the start, and it, it's it's for, for, in terms of an advertising way of doing things. It's silly. Also, why does Netflix need posters? Like, i have i starting to realize that. Like, like, are they gonna put them up in the theaters? Like, where, where are they? What do they need the posters for? Like, it's just but hmm i that was cool that was cool that they have it's like a little like uh where's waldo for that it's kind of part of the mystery and everything but um... wait
0: (laughs) netflix's account that tweeted it their comment is tis who
1: (laughs) i will say this though i truly i truly madly deeply shout out to savage garden despise when a movie poster doesn't show the title Oh yeah, because yeah. it's just one of these things, and like, don't, don't get me wrong, a lot of movies do this, especially like you know, I don't know the the like you know, Black Adam movie would just show the lightning and like he's coming, and I'm like, who? <laughs> like like <laughs> who's like, coming? Like you, you gotta you, show your movie, man. <laughs> oh
0: I'm uh, I'm actually excited for this. I really enjoy it. Uh, I really enjoyed the first one. Um, there's also a poster for the greatest beer run ever. No, no no, 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 Z- no, Zach no. Efron and Russell Crowe.
1: No 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 i i'm i'm gonna abhor this movie <laughs> i like, are gonna, gonna watch it I'm, well what's the what's the uh, poster let me see it oh god i, was lo- I know this it. is bad
0: podcasting but oh and it's the farley brothers too i forgot oh, about that yeah
1: it's the guy that made green book yeah. <laughs> so it's being considered right now for oscars like oh. it's just it's like be, it's in the oh jeez <laughs> zach <laughs> everett actually... has a mustache uh, that is actually a pretty decent poster. I won't lie. those movie's probably that's actually a pretty good poster. I'm I a like little it. bit pissed. I like it. <laughs> a... Oh, it's an Apple film.
0: Yeah. Huh. In theaters and streaming, so of course they're going to push it for. Uh... <laughs> yeah. Oh god. All right, let's dive into rants and raves as we near the end of the pod. Um, I want to talk a little bit. Like, I I don't know how much this is a rant as much as it is like an informative piece of information here. There's so. When you start something like a uh, being a critic or a uh, an influencer, if you will, or a content creator, I think it's very important when people separate or are honest and transparent about when they are being paid for things, when they are partnering with studios or other products, uh, and when it is um, their opinion or it is a promotional piece that they're doing one thing that i've seen multiple times with a couple content creators in particular is um every new marvel film or series that comes out is the best marvel film yet and the best series yet um and it is also people that are um receiving packages from said studio are visiting said studio um and uh are Blurring the lines between what is their own opinion and what they are doing to promote um, the the actual content. There is um, an example as well where said individual um, that I'm referring to that I won't name released a video prior to Thor: Love and Thunder, saying how crazy would it be if this happened in the end credits in the uh, post credit scenes, and then it happened in the post credit scene. Um, So, and this was after a visit to said studio. So, I I just want to like. It frustrates me because there are a lot of great content creators that are out there working from the ground up to build something authentic uh, and to communicate their thoughts and their opinions. And you don't have to agree with them. I mean, that's the thing about having a shit ton of content creators. This past week has been really insane because after you know my comments on She-Hulk, which I haven't talked about tonight but we'll talk about next week, um, I got so much shit from it because there's people that are loving it, which is wonderful. I didn't care for it. And I know a lot of people that didn't care for the first four episodes that, we, that were released. Um, but the number of people that come out of the woodwork like shitting on my opinion after not – and they haven't even seen it yeah. is insane. Um, and what's really interesting is these are the same people that are bitching about Prey being so good because it was a female lead taking down a Predator. And it's just – it's so inconsistent and so insane. Um, that it just, it drives me crazy. I made this comment the other day and I actually like want to put it on a t-shirt, but like the three consistencies in life, are uh death taxes and uh angry white internet fanboys um because it's just it's all it is it's bitching and moaning about things that you know they may not be interested in so they need to tear it down for everyone else but i guess my ultimate point here is just like being wary of or being cognizant of who you're following there's a lot of good people out there that will be very honest when they're like i had this opportunity to go to a premiere of xyz or you know like like I talk, I, this is something I wrestle with as a little side note because I interview filmmakers sometimes, not huge filmmakers and stuff, but like, for instance, Scott Mann from Fall, you know? Um, and I may, I try to make sure I write my review before I do that uh, oh, yeah. because I want, you know, I've interviewed filmmakers and absolutely love talking to them and love the direction they wanted to take, but then have still given the film a two out of five um, because... It's, you know, it's, I want to be genuine. And I want to be honest about it. And I'll be honest when my opinion changes on things. But I don't think that everyone kind of follows that same code. So just, you know, some of these larger creators that have gotten really popular, and I want to be careful here, because I don't want to say, like, if you're really popular, you're, uh, you know, you're doing something wrong, because that's not what I'm saying at all. But there's certain ones out there that follow a trend. Um, and you can continue to see how um, I think they're disingenuous. And um, probably making a lot of money off of it. Uh, and it's there's a difference between being a content creator and influencer and being a film critic. It's a line that gets blurred. Uh, but I think just, you know, for fellow content creators and critics, just be wary of that and, you know, try to be as transparent as possible. Um, and for those that aren't, um, those that are following others, uh, just be... Be careful when you're you know following someone's opinions and know where they're coming from
1: nice learn <laughs> well done i do not get paid uh, <laughs> I, I, have, I have not gotten paid we, we truly <laughs> we truly have not gotten we really want to though so Who please said, give us all your
0: money what was the movie i got you do you remember this like someone was accusing me of getting paid for my review of something oh last year. i
1: forgot about that yeah i forget which movie it was though i was so pissed no you wasn't it you that got accused of it there's no way no it was it was when i was i was
0: at your place we were filming it because you filmed the reaction i know exactly who it was
1: oh never mind no we i don't think we were seriously accused (laughs) yeah okay yeah (laughs) i don't get paid (laughs) we we really want to though so please give us all your money (laughs) Um, mine's gonna be very quick because i always talk about this on the pod when it happens And it's another one bites the dust. Um, A very, very old theater uh, is closing down after 54 years. Um, um, I'm a hypocrite. If I'm going to say that I'm mad that it's getting closed down, I've seen one movie there. Um, But uh, it was just such an amazing experience when I went there. I went there with my dad, went to see Captain Phillips. And the guy that, like, you know, we went to, like, the the booth in the middle of the, like, entire room in the lobby. And uh, the guy that took our ticket also did our popcorn. And I think probably also went upstairs and started the projector because I think he was the only person there and like these seats were ratty and old and squeaked and they were not even at an arena style they were all completely like just slightly sloped down back in the day and so it hit me with this burst of nostalgia and this is like very Tarantino of me to say but to hear the clicking of the projector like behind me just go as it started was just kind of this like wonderful like you know hit of nostalgia that i just really like you know i have not like gotten in a while and you know to find out that theater closed, i can't like say like you know how dare you all for not going to that theater i was there once it was it's like 40 minutes for me it's not even that like far like but like it was just a really like great time like so uh, i just want to like just say the old style theater is my rave um here
0: they're a lot of fun so i go to one down in the city that has been renovated a little bit but it's still like the old like you know (sighs) one level I
1: love
0: the slope, man. um, And it's—I was talking to actually the uh, manager there at one point a couple weeks ago, and they make a lot of their money on concessions and stuff. And um, you know, a lot of the bigger chains pull a lot of people into them for the bigger releases. So. It's always great to support those smaller theaters to keep them thriving. Um, before we end, I need to show you this picture of Zach Efron in the greatest beer run ever. Oh, no, there's going to be a
1: trailer soon.
0: Uh, it's, it's, yeah, they're definitely setting it up for like a trailer drop tomorrow or something. Um, but you cannot tell me that this PBR is not Photoshopped. Oh
1: my God. No, that's not <laughs> actually real. This is not a real photo. Wait, zoom out again, just because like we can get the background of it.
0: That's... It, all, it all
1: looks green screen, doesn't it? Oh my God. That's photoshopped. It. That's. Oh look at his god. hand; it's glowing. It looks like it's cardboard. It doesn't even. Look, oh my god! It's like so clean, and everything around them is so dirty. You couldn't get a PBR can. <laughs> like the art, like they drank beer in Vietnam. I think like they they had beers. <laughs> well, and that's the whole story, right? Like that. Yeah,
0: film follows a merchant seaman who travels to Vietnam to deliver a case of beer to his army buddies. I. I, I, uh, <sighs> no, I words. no words. No words. Well, here's what's coming out this week. Uh, She-Hulk Attorney at Law hits Disney Plus uh, on Thursday, um, which is uh, this week. (laughs) Beast (laughs) hits theaters. Orphan First Kill hits limited theaters and Paramount Paramount Plus. Spin Me Around hits limited theaters and VOD Digital. And House of the Dragon premieres this Sunday on HBO Max. Um, We will have recaps of that on uh, guyatthemovies.com, which I'm pumped about. Um, He's doing them? Tarek is doing them. I'm very that's, pumped about it. That's
1: so awesome. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, so a
0: lot of great content. If I can uh, take a moment to just plug Guy at the Movies, there's a lot of stuff in the works uh, on com, and I'm really pumped about it. Um, it, it hopefully is going to be more consistent and more fleshed out, um, and a lot of incredible contributors coming down the pike. So continue to watch that. Um, of course, Darren will return with his uh, his fun stuff um, with Marvel and She-Hulk tomorrow. Uh, uh, by the way twitter is like lighting up about she-hulk right now because the embargo just lifted on the reviews and it's like so, most self-aware marvel series ever it's a masterpiece all this stuff and i am on the complete opposite side of that
1: see i what my thing was i was thinking i was hoping it was going to be what all these critics are going to say but i was feeling that it was going to be what you're going to say so i'm going to be excited to see what i think like i'm assuming i only get to see like you know the the, you got four episodes i'm getting like probably one to two episodes at a time
0: probably (laughs) i think it's one episode a week and they're only 30 minute episodes oh hey i'll take it (laughs) yeah it's it's kind of fast i look i'm hopeful that it will
1: you know develop into something good but I'm I'm worried that we're gonna be departing on this one just because I'm gonna like embrace this stupidity like like hardcore, but we'll see. I don't know but yet. I,
0: um, Tatiana Maslany is incredible in it, by the way. Oh, she's the best. She's I'm so, so and I love yeah. the character. This is not a knock against her as an actor. It's not a knock against the character because the character is really cool. Um, and I thought the first episode was the best of all the ones I watched. Nice. So, um, Sean, anything new in your life? <laughs> <sighs> You're in a different location right now
1: oh yeah well um like sam works from home and our desks are usually right together and so she will not be having me podcast right next to her while she works (laughs) so i am upstairs in the guest room (laughs) there you go there you go so yeah i forgot to mention that part um anything new in my life i saw five minutes of luck and it was terrible (laughs) i forgot to mention that in the stuff i watched i i don't have the right to judge the movie completely because i only watched five minutes of it but i could not get past five minutes i could not and that's that's saying something because I watch bad stuff to like watch it. Like it always surprises me with animated movies too. It, it's it's the problem is the animation. It's really poorly animated. Oh boy! This is Skydance. This is Lassiter's baby, man, or not? Not his baby. It's his adopted son. But um, like it's like, how is this bad? Like I couldn't watch it. It was just terrible.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's a reason why it got dumped on uh, Apple and was like, so. delayed oh, for years.
1: <laughs> um
0: all right well Sean it's been fun uh we will see you next week see you the guy at the movies podcast is a joint venture between math teacher movies and guy at the movies you can catch new episodes weekly right here wherever you're listening to this one subscribe so you never miss a beat